Welcome to the Trevor Turnbull Show, where you'll hear vulnerable, honest stories that will inspire you to embrace your mess and live your best life. Welcome to the show, everyone. My guest today is Justin Breen. So Justin Breen is a, I'm going to read it right off his LinkedIn profile because it really explains who he is. So he's a visionary PR entrepreneur, global connector, strategic coach, 10X ambition program, Abundance 360 Summit member. He's an 8671 Colby, an 83 Prince, a number one best-selling author, an activator, maximizer, achiever. Now, If none of that made sense to you, you're going to want to listen to this episode because Justin actually broke down exactly all of those different pieces. So some of them are communities and groups of um, people that he's chosen to surround himself with that are high-achieving, abundance-filled individuals, and he's very, very focused on this. In fact, he spoke about it numerous, numerous times about how he has a very specific belief about how he approaches all things in life. And he truly believes that he will attract people into his world at the right time by literally saying out loud, you know, if you are ready to work with me, then we need to go down this journey. Let's not hesitate. Let's make this happen right now. So Justin is one of those people that I explained this in the interview with him, but He's a unique individual in the sense that like he defaults to action and he defaults to action in such an amazing way though, because like Justin's introduced me to a handful of the guests that I've had on my own podcast. And in fact, immediately after our interview here today, he introduced me to three more people, which I have no doubt that coming from him, that these are also going to be amazing individuals that I'm going to be able to have vulnerable, honest, real conversations with, and that will add a ton of value to me. And of course, you that are listening and watching to uh, watching my podcast. So um, I'm really excited for you to meet Justin. He's somebody that uh, you're going to love or you're not going to like. Either way, you are definitely going to know the answer at the end of this podcast. Um, But I do know that people like him do create a ripple effect. They do create an abundance mindset. And you know, the 1% of people that are truly moving the needle and creating impact in this world, you need to surround yourself with people like that. And Justin is truly one of those people as well. So let's go ahead and give this a listen. Justin Breen, welcome to the Trevor Turnbull Show. So good to chat with you again. It's been a while. You know, um, it's about vulnerability and honesty, and I'm probably uh, one of the most direct people on the planet and very vulnerable (laughs) in terms of what entrepreneur life actually is. So I'm very excited to talk to you. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like, uh, we were just kind of bantering a little bit before we hit uh, flip the record switch here. But, you know, when I started in January with this idea of doing a podcast, I naturally went down this entrepreneurial path of self-judgments and then wanting to look at it from a marketing perspective and all of that's just the overthinking aspects of it. Right. And, (laughs) um, you know, I think that's one of the things that I had really admired about just the very brief time that we've had to talk is that you like move fast, right? Like I remember our first call and you introduced me to, I think three people on the call. And it was, (laughs) it was so, it was really actually kind of puzzling even in my brain because I was like, yeah, he said he's going to introduce me to these people. And then we were about to get off and you're like, yeah, invitations already sent. And I was like, wait a second. Why wouldn't you do that? (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) 
But I say it transparently in the fact that like it felt awkward to me, but not in a negative way. It was just kind of like, why am I hesitating and putting more things on my to-do list as opposed to just just take action, just serve, just be a value, just make great connections, you know? And you're very unique in that aspect. I haven't met a lot of people like you. So I think we're going to have a great chat here. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks. Um, for whatever it's worth, I hear at least once a day that someone's never met anyone like me. Uh, I heard the other day that someone, they told me they never thought they'd meet anyone like me, which I thought was interesting. But the point of that is that I embrace my uniqueness, my weirdness, and just continue to double down because uh, if you don't, then you're just a boring human being. And so I have a weird brain and I just embrace it. And so uh, my strength finders are activate, maximize, achieve. So it's not overthink. It's not ideation. It's just result, result, result. And I have one successful global company that only works with the top people on the planet and just launched a second one that's just technology for my brain, high price point invite only connectivity platform. So I'm just <laughs> I'm just doing what I'm supposed to be doing and just continue to make bigger and bigger investments with cooler and cooler people. So it eliminates all this other nonsense that most people are dealing dealing with. Yeah. Well, and I can speak to that just from my own perspective, just in the brief interaction that we've had. The two of the three introductions you made, I think I think the third one that you made, I never ended up connecting with the person, but the other two were Brian Bogert and uh, Duncan Littlefield. And I'm interviewing Duncan for my podcast here in a couple of weeks, and I've had a number of incredible conversations with him. And Brian, I'm actually publishing the interview this, this weekend as of the time of this recording anyway. And man, talk about two people that just, I was destined to meet. Like there's no other 100%. way to put it. Well, I stopped believing in randomness a long time ago. I mean, I don't believe in randomness. I just don't. I stopped because I just see the same things happening over, over and over. And then I guess maybe the first or second time, like, oh, this is random. But no, 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 no. So, I mean, you know, I, I just have it, like I said, a weird brain that's capable of creating multiple successful global companies. And then I just do something about it. I don't talk about it. I don't overthink it. I don't feel it. I just do it. And, um, you know, most of my day, not all, but most of my day is talking to the top entrepreneurs on the planet. And what separates entrepreneurs at the top level from everyone else is the entrepreneurs at the top level will just do something about it. They won't make excuses. They just execute on the investment. So execute and excuse are actually very similar words, but they're totally different. Mm. So most people just make excuses their whole life and entrepreneurs at the highest level just execute. So if someone wastes my time with just talk and they're not going to do anything about it, see you later. I don't have time for that. I will make time for people that will make the investment and execute, not make an excuse. Because when you hang out with people that execute and don't make excuses, they introduce you to more people that that execute and make the investment. And it eliminates people who make excuses. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And I definitely want to dig into that on this chat. It was one of the things I was looking forward to talking to you about. Um, Let's maybe just back things up so that people can get to uh, know who you are and kind of the journey that brought you to this place as well. Because I was thinking back to our first chat um, and some of the commonalities of why we connected so well when we first connected. Because I was thinking, was it Steve Gordon that introduced the two of us? Yeah. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was a very similar thing where Steve was just like, I think you guys need to connect, right? And then you and I, I think you maybe did a little research on my LinkedIn profile and dove way down in the bottom and saw that I played hockey Iowa at State. I- Iowa State. Yeah. 
And you're in Illinois, of course, and have been in the, the journal journalistic space for a number of years. And maybe just to explain kind of that side of things, because when were you in Illinois and, and working in the, um, you know, in the news space, I guess you would say? Right. So I always list my Colby um, uh, in the chats or on, as my name. So Colby is your brain strengths. It's not your personality. It's how your brain works. So you're a four for eight, four. So you're the typical high-level entrepreneur with high quick start and little to no follow-through. So you have to hire people. Otherwise, nothing will get done. And so I'm the, I've, I've not, well, that's how it is. So yeah, um, yeah, I'm yeah. a unicorn. I'm a, un, it, I've never met anyone else with a score. Mine, I'm eight, six, seven, one. So I have high quick start, boom, 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 high follow-through. So I actually say it and do it. I just make the intro. I don't forget about it or hand it off to 30 people. It just gets done. And I have high fact finder. So it's incredibly rare. But so most of my days talking to high quick start, low follow through people, they're all over the place. And then my brain immediately simplifies, immediately simplifies, and then activate, maximize, achieve. So it's just mm -hmm. result, result. So it's, it's perfect collaboration. But my eight fact finder, I like to actually know who I'm talking to before I talk to them. So there's two things. There's two things I always do. One, I write down their name. And then I write down, if they know it, their Colby score. Cause I immediately know who I'm talking to. Yep. And then I'll look if, you know, I covered hockey for a long time. So I like hockey. I covered, I actually went to Iowa state to see the Cyclones play multiple times. Uh, cause I covered university of Illinois hockey team and we played Iowa state several times. So, yep. um, I just think that's interesting to actually know who you're talking to, because if you care, then other person will probably care. I just like to care about the other person I'm talking to. Yeah. Yeah, and it was such a, an interesting icebreaker for the two of us because it was literally 20 years unintended. ago. Yeah, it was yeah. unintended, but intentional and on purpose and everything in between. But um, it just brought back a lot of memories, too, of just my time down there, too, and even how it shaped who I am today, to be quite honest, because I look back at that 100%. time and, and I have a lot of great memories. And I also have a lot of really hard times when I was down there, too. So just reflecting on that was... Um, it was just enjoyable. I know the first time we chatted and speaking of Colby, like I had had Colby kind of come up in my space in the past and had never really taken any action on it. To your point before, you know, and <laughs> yeah, four follow through. There you go. Yeah. But you encouraged me to do it and said, Hey, go do this and flow it back to me. I'll, I'll, I'll give you some analysis based on your perspective of what, how you read these things. And it was very interesting to see how very, much I I felt like I aligned with those numbers and the meaning of them as well. And I think it's another unique thing because you bring it up all the time when you're talking to people or about people, or I've seen you on other podcasts, you know, it's not just a number. You're actually able to see a personality type, a behavior pattern, even from these numbers. Is that fair to say? Is that, is that something that's, um, I guess is a unique skill that you have, or, or can anybody kind of leverage those types of tools? So, one, um, you know, I've done hundreds of interviews since my uh, book came out, and that's one of the top five questions anyone's ever asked me. So kudos to you on that one. Um, <laughs> and there's a reason why I'm saying that. It's because I think my greatest ability is to be able to see these patterns and then activate them. I can see it. I can, I talk, you know, most of my days talking to people like you, and then I can see the patterns and then actually do something about it. Um, and so, so I, I think I have a unique ability. Well, I know I do to see those patterns and then activate it. That said, you know, if you can see the patterns, then you can do something about it. So there's three things where I, where I 
put them all together. One is Colby. One is Colby. And, and most of my conversations are with people like you where they're higher quick start, low follow through. Okay, so that's one. Two, I combine that with <clears throat> strength finders, the Gallup, Clifton strength finders. And so most of the folks, not all, but most of them I talked uh, that I talk to are ideators who are futuristic, and then they have some blend of like activator, achiever, maximizer. So they're living in the future, but they'll actually activate the future. And then mm. my brain takes all that. Comp- yeah, it's a pretty. It's this is what I mean. This is actually how, to me, how life actually works, and everything else is a byproduct. And then so my brain will take all that futuristic that they want to activate, and then I will. Simplify and then activate, maximize, achieve. We'll take all that complexity, simplify it, and then activate, maximize, achieve. And then the third one, which most people don't know about, but I think I, I really think it's the missing link, is the print P R I N T, which I also put as one of my numbers here. So I'm an eight three print. Eight is to be strong and self reliant, and three is to succeed and achieve. And most of the folks, not all, who have taken it that I talk to, there's some combination of that score because they don't need to think about it. They don't need to feel it. They'll just go for it. They'll just do it. And most entrepreneurs at the highest level, they just do it. They, that's why they're top entrepreneurs in the world, because they will not overthink or overfeel. They'll just go for it. Yeah, it's definitely uh, a characteristic of an entrepreneur that ultimately finds, quote-unquote, success, depending on how you define it. But I know even in my own journey, there's been many, many times where I have delayed over thoughts and ultimately <laughs> never really got to the place that I wanted to. And then there's other times right. where, I've, where I've taken steps and I don't even know what direction I'm going in yet, but at least I moved my foot. Do it. And it started this momentum. And then before you know it, you can actually, it's like riding a bike, right? It's hard to balance on a bike when you're sitting still, but you start moving and now you can kind of flow a little bit more, right? That's the best analogy I'd have for that. So with regards, so all of this stuff is uh, is fascinating to me and obviously a unique skill that you've honed over the years. When did you discover all these things? And like, you know, obviously you were a journalist and you were um, in the, the corporate world, I guess you would say, working for other people, not an entrepreneur at one point. What did that transition look like for you? Like how many years ago was this? And, and um, maybe just paint that picture of how, how your evolution has been. Yeah, so I'm glad you asked that. Um, the four and a half year anniversary of when I founded my first company is October 16th. So tomorrow, uh, while we're recording this tomorrow. Nice. And um, and again, I, I stopped leaving Rand this a long time ago. And then it's also tomorrow's the two year anniversary of when I published the, uh, the the 30 things that I had learned in the company's first 30 months which uh, led to the creation of my first book, which is an international bestseller. And Chris Voss did the foreword. He wrote Never Split the Difference, one of the top business books in the last 20 years. So, And there was never an intent to write the book, never. Because I just posted that and people were like, you have to write a book. So uh, tomorrow, I had, I've continued to build another list of things I've learned and I'm publishing that list tomorrow. And it's a really good, it's a really good list. It's even better than the first one uh, because I've just evolved over the last two years. Nice. So anyway... Yeah, right. Because why wouldn't you keep evolving? Of course. And I'll be sure to link it up by the time this goes live because that'll be published by then. Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate that. The, um, and, um, most people are not, the, the bottom line is most people are not meant to be entrepreneurs at the highest level. Why? Because if most people could do this, they would do this. Um, if most people could, you know, Hey, I want to see my family whenever I want to make as much money as I want to only partner with the top people on the planet, they would do that. But, 
<laughs> if you said you have to overcome uh, bankruptcy or potential bankruptcy, two, depression, three, the highest level of anxiety you can imagine, and four, likely and or possible traumatic experiences as a child or young adult, then that's where most people stop. Entrepreneurs at the highest level, figure that's entrepreneur life. I haven't met one, haven't met one at the highest level that hasn't overcome at least one of those. Most are two or three. And I talk to a lot of all fours. Yeah, so every time I said it's there, people are nodding. Yep, that's me, all four, or I'm three. Well, so, and I'll, I'll even elaborate on that really quickly, Justin. Sorry to cut you off, though. But no, 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 all good. All good. I've actually openly said numerous times on my interviews um, over the last year that I kind of secretly craved the failure. It was a really weird thing. It was like I wanted to experience all these things. I wanted to have the million dollar mistake. It was like, it was almost like a rite of passage, you know, and I felt weird for it, but until I found other entrepreneurs that went, Oh, me too. I was like, Oh, I found found my people, you know, I feel normal. Well, that's what I mean. So that's why if someone makes an excuse, I'll never talk to that person again. Or they ask, what do you cost or charge? I'll never talk to that person because they're just living, they're living in transactional scarcity world. I just don't have time for that because it's a waste of not only a waste of my time, it's a waste of theirs. And those people hang out with other cost transactional people. And mm. so most people don't have the confidence to say that. Uh, they think it comes off as arrogance. It's the exact opposite. I'm confident enough. I know who I am. I know who I'm not. And I know the people that I hang out with. They're not going to waste my time with nonsense. They're just not. But anyway, so um, April 16, 2017 is when I incorporated. And um, February 10th, 2017, I was working full-time as a journalist had a five-minute meeting with the managing editor and owner of the company that cut my job salary in half, uh, done nothing wrong, but that's just, you know, journalism. That's what happened. So tried to find a job, couldn't find a job, incorporated April 16th. So I was, while I was working full-time at half the salary, I reached out to 5,000 people to find my first five clients. So one out of 1,000 people said yes. Uh, got fifth client, uh, resigned the next day. And then Robert Feeder, he's the top media columnist in the Midwest of the United States, did a story I'd started my own firm. So most people can't do that. That was just to start the company. Mm, I mean, yeah. most people yeah. can't. And, and uh, you know, the worst day, the worst day of my corporate life, which also was the best day when I had my job salary cut in half, that's the best day and worst day. That's not mm. even the top 50 worst days of being an entrepreneur. Not even in the top 50. So most people can't handle this stuff. And I mean, they just can't handle it. But if you can... If you can, which if you're one in a thousand, which are the people I hang out with now, it's the one out of a thousand, then you can have this life. You can see your family and friends whenever you want to. You do what you like to do when you're good at. Make as much money as you want to. It's, but if you're not one of those one in a thousand, then this is not the life for you. This is not. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you about specifically how you serve and work with your clients, but really quickly, do you want to maybe speak to like, where are you hanging out with these people? Like, I know we've Mm -hmm. talked about this before. There's a few select kind of communities where you're like, these are my people and this is where I'm going to invest my time and my money too. Do you want to maybe speak to that quickly? Yeah, um, I'm happy to do that. And again, like the new company uh, that I just launched with a business partner, I met virtually He's in San Francisco. The first time we met in person was at a big launch party we threw at Chicago Yacht Club. I'm very grateful for that. But basically, it's LinkedIn without the BS. It's high price point invite-only connectivity platform. So it's LinkedIn for the 0.1%. Uh, and I like LinkedIn. It's fine. But it's mostly spam, wasting my time. So just creating a solution to that problem. So my new company will be collaborative. Uh, it will be very collaborative with the, the first one I started, but then also with these other groups that I'm about to talk about. So which is very exciting because you just keep getting bigger and bigger. So 
the two that I spend most of my time in, most of them, uh, one is Strategic Coach 10X. So I'm very confident saying that's the top entrepreneurial group in the world. I'm very confident saying that. Dan, Dan Sullivan, top entrepreneurial coach in the world, maybe who's ever lived. I'm very confident saying that. I currently invest 25K a year in that. I'd e- US dollars. I'd e- easily invest 50K a year, easily, because it eliminates all the nonsense. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's one. That's what, yeah, because, right, it just eliminates people that ask, what do you cost for charge? Okay, so, so that's one. The second one is the hat I'm wearing, Abundance uh, 360. Um, that's 20K a year. I'd easily invest 50K a year in that. And so at the level I'm at, and I don't care about revenue or profit at all. It's totally meaningless to me. I, I just don't care about it, but most people do. So at the level I'm at, 99% of the folks are running $10 million to $10 billion companies. Uh, so these are the highest level futuristic ideators with mixes of achiever, activator, maximizers. And so those are good collaborators with me because I'll simplify and activate. Um, so if I'm not in a room with people like that or people who will just make the investment to become someone like that, it's a total waste of my time because I can't help those people. I can only help people like that. And is that yeah. the uh, the perspective ultimately? Because I think anybody listening, I want them to really hear what you're saying on this too, because, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but mm-hmm. so for example, let me give you a scenario. So if people were to say approach you and they, you can tell they have the drive, they have the focus, they have the, um, mm. the mindset, all that kind of stuff, but they're just not at the point where they can put the investments in to actually no. be a part. Wrong answer. Wrong answer. So here's, I've had, Two billionaires that are clients, I think five or six people that are dirt broke. Because yeah. at the highest level, they're no, 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 no. Yeah, so most people won't answer things like that. They'll glad hand BS artists, <clears throat> and I'm not like that. So people make excuses or they make the investment. At the highest level, there are no excuses. I've had multiple clients take out second credit cards, you know, extra, you know, extra loan. I had one guy, he's one of my newer clients, he's funneling all of his money from his two other companies into this newest one. So he sold shares in his other companies to invest in what my company does. Cause th- no, that's what I mean. So if you make excuses, you're always going to make excuses. That's, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's how it works. So to dovetail on that, I only partner with people with three attributes in their mindset, only three, only three. So visionary abundance investment. So visionary abundance investment. If you have those three attributes, you can only be one of two types of people because I simplify everything and turn them into patterns. That's how my brain works. So visionary abundance investment entrepreneurs, they're one of two types of people. One, they're running high six-figure U.S. dollar to 10-figure businesses. They see their family and friends whenever they want to. They do what they like to do and what they're good at. Or or they're going to be one of those people, then this answers your question, they're not their revenue profit-wise, but they will be. So they don't ask what do you cost or charge. They don't make excuses. They will make the investment. That's it. I mean, there's no, because at the highest level, no one wants to hear your excuse. They don't want to hear that. Period. Yeah. So I'll, I'll maybe again, speak just from my, my perspective of that, um, mentality as well. I know three and a half years ago, I took out a hundred thousand dollar loan to invest in a hundred thousand dollar a year program. And I did it without even really knowing exactly what I was buying. It was more, (laughs) You know what I mean? Which I think you're an entrepreneur. (laughs) Yeah. But I, but I think the thing I want to say about that though, too, is that I also made a lot of um, slow or not at all decisions leading up to that point. And there was, there was certain things that I think ultimately, um, you know, 
resulted in me doing that. I, I didn't want to say made me do that. It was like resulted in me doing that. One was I started to learn to trust myself more. So it was a self-worth and a self-conversation. And then secondly, the person that I ultimately invested in, it was about their presence. So it actually took a little bit of time for me to really get a feel for like, who is this person and how are they showing up? And do I want to spend time with them, right? And I guess my <clears throat> my question to you would be, is this part of the reason why you do pod, like so many podcasts like this too? Because naturally, like this puts your energy, your vibe out into the world and people are going to come across you and go like, that guy or like that <laughs> guy. I think it's very polarizing almost, right? Which I Most think is 100%. not a bad thing. So, so you're a very high-level thinker. Um, and what you, this story you just said, doesn't surprise that doesn't surprise me at all because you're not a business owner. You're an entrepreneur. There's a fundamental difference. Fundamental difference. And um, so directness repels nonsense and attracts greatness. So that's why I'm so direct because it repels people that make excuses and just attracts people who get it at the highest level. So I haven't done outbound sales or marketing gimmicks, funnels, any of that nonsense in years because all my directness does is attract people that get it. What does an investment with you look like? And here we go. And to dovetail that, I don't care about revenue, office space, employee account. All that stuff is winning the wrong game meaningless to me. It's totally meaningless. Revenue to me is a term completely driven by ego and vanity. When people, when people go, oh, my revenue is blah, 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 I go, well, what's your profit? And most of the time it's crickets and tumbleweed rolls by because there's no profit or negative profit, but they want to talk about what great revenue they have, and it's totally meaningless. Okay, so there's that. <laughs> also, to answer your question, which is a really good one, is that, again, I was a journalist for 20 years and created my entire business model based on how PR firms annoyed me for 20 years. So, And then because of the book and, and, um, and, you know, and other things that I'm up to, I'm constantly doing interviews, like con two to three a week, two to three weeks still. My book came out in May of last year. Yep. Okay, so, right. And so I've seen this from a firsthand perspective and a client perspective because, you know, I do these shows and then the hosts who are all like you, I only work with people like you and they want to interview all the people that I work with because why wouldn't you want to do that? It, it builds, it just continues to add collaboration. Okay, so, so I've seen this firsthand and client perspective that podcasts like this, like this, are actually replacing mainstream media in terms of relevance and importance. So like, I think Forbes or, or like Entrepreneur Magazine's done an article on you and Forbes and Inc. have done art. I'm happy for that, but that's all ego vanity at this point yeah. uh, for the most part. Right. No, right. No, I'm, so, so, I'm so glad you actually said it out loud because I was going to oh, ask you about that. That's I was going to actually is. talk to you about that. Yeah, yeah. So it's ego vanity. It's the totally. same. It's revenue in terms of journalism. So so again, I simplify and see patterns. That's how my brain works. So podcasts are replacing mainstream media like that uh, because of three reasons, because that's how my brain works. One, and you'll understand this completely. One, yeah. the host is an entrepreneur, not a journalist. So they're coming from a place of scarce, or excuse me, a place of abundance, not scarcity. So they're not, they're not in what do you cost charge world. They're in what is an investment uh, world, you know, that type of thing. Okay, so that's one. Two, you can do a deep dive on the subject. 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour. I think this one's 45 minutes or so. Yep. So you actually get to know the person and the host, but you you get, you know, get to know. And it's, so it's not a drive-by interview, TV, three minutes, you know, radio five, whatever it is. Okay. Three. Here's the most important thing I've seen that directly answers your question is that the audience might not be as large quantity wise, but it's far more qualified. Mm. It's people like us, regular humans are not going to listen to this. Why would they do that? That makes no sense for them. But high-level entrepreneur, they, lo they love this stuff. They love yeah. this. 
Yeah. And especially yeah. the the failures or the overcoming the odds, you know, taking out a hundred K loan. People love that stuff. I, I shouldn't say people, but entrepreneurs do. Because um, yeah. entrepreneurs aren't really human. They're really not. So yeah. So so podcasts are replaced there. All they are is a transactional and transformational platform for entrepreneurs. So um, I've been on, uh, I think, seven now, seven or eight podcasts where the host interviewed me and then signed with my firm. And I never expected that. <laughs> but that's what it is because my network is just, it's just hundreds of people like you. And then, and then it just, and then people want access to that. They want yeah. to make the investment. So, it, and it just keeps growing and growing and growing and growing. And, and the new company will just hundred X what I'm already doing easy. Cause it's just a platform for that. Yeah. Yep. I kind of had a feeling our conversation would just naturally flow into all of the things mm-hmm. that I had as bullet points, which is why like, um, and, and I kind of alluded to this already, Justin, when I first started thinking about the idea of doing my podcast in January, I went back into old patterns and I caught myself. I was like, what are you doing right now? You're trying you to learned. come up with it. Yeah. I was like, you're trying to come up with a catchy name. Why can't it just be your name? Wait a second. Is anybody going to want to pay attention if it's just my name? Wait, why is that such a limiting belief? Who cares? Like, that was my literal pattern. But the thing I think that um, I've fine-tuned over the years is to be able to catch those moments and, and shift faster, right? So it's yes. one thing I always say, which is like, it's not to say that entrepreneurs are inhuman. If anything, we feel the emotions probably at an amplified level, but it's just mm. we're able to recognize them and move through them quicker. That's my perspective on that anyway. You naturally, yeah, and you've kind of naturally led me into, um, you know, knowing your business and kind of what you've done in the past and, um, you know, even what is said on your website with regards to how you do what you do, step one, step two, step three, step four. Naturally, the last um, 18 months, I think if you just summarize it in kind of one phrase, it's like trust of the media, trust of any kind of message that they're hearing has been Mm. taking a major, major hit, right? Mm. And I was interested to hear your perspective on this because the the Forbes thing, for example, I literally had a note here. I'm seeing articles on there that just feel like they're literally ran with a political agenda. And then therefore, as soon as I see one, I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. Two, three, four, five, six, I'm like, I don't trust it anymore. And I want it out of my life. And then I close it off, right? And that's an extreme example. But how are you navigating this? And I think you maybe kind of already alluded to it, which is like the source maybe has changed, but the, what is it? The, the attention is still somewhere, right? Like it's just a matter of finding the attention or I'll let you articulate it without putting words in your mouth. Yeah. There's so much to say with that because it's so, it's so relevant and important, not only to entrepreneur world, but like just how I see things. Cause like in this world, like, I, I mean, I'm living it from a firsthand perspective and like, I've literally been a journalist my whole life. So I literally see this. And so a couple things, uh, a couple things is that, um, I, again, I was a journalist, I'm a journalist my whole life. I never watched the news ever. I've never watched it. I, hmm. I haven't watched the news and yeah, because it's, it's not visionary bonds investment. So I just ignore it completely. I totally ignore it. And, um, my clients are still in the news. They're still in the media, but I totally, I totally ignore it. Okay. So that's one. Two, uh, there's one vertical that I will never have partners with. And uh, you mentioned it, it's politics. Why? I, I don't dislike politics, but uh, it's the opposite of visionary abundance investment mindset. So it's argue instead of uh, collaborate. It's 
uh, scarcity instead of investment. It's there's no it's get called, held up in in laws as opposed to actually doing something. So I just totally ignore it. And entrepreneurs at the highest level, no matter who's in charge, it doesn't matter. You're going to get stuff done anyway. It doesn't matter who's in charge. So I just totally ignore it. And then three, um, I just, I mean, again, in terms of my partner's clients, they are still in, they still are in mainstream media. They're still on TV. They're still doing radio. They're still in, one of my clients was in Wall Street Journal yesterday. That's great. I'm happy for that. But a lot of my focus is on, on types of podcasts like these, because these are, um, one, they're, I mean, frankly, and again, from my perspective, they're potential clients, which I'd never expected. More importantly, for, my, for the clients, they're potential investors, they're potential collaborators, um, because it's people like me and Strategic Coach and Abundance 360 and things like that that have their own platforms. That's what, that's what it is. Yeah, it's it's uh, and it's interesting how the last year and a half has really kind of just sped everything up. I think that's greatest opportunity for anyone with the right mindset. So in March of last year, right when it started, I posted on social media, this will be the greatest opportunity for anyone with the right mindset. And that's what's happened. So most and again, I partner with maybe 0.1 percent. But those are the people that create the ideas and pivot and new technologies that employ everyone else. That's why I only partner with a certain type of person because they actually help the world. They change the world and then everybody else benefits from it. But I can't help 999 out of 1,000 because they're never going to do it. One, they're never going to come up with the idea to do it. Two, if they do, they'll never do anything about it. They won't make the investment. So what's, what's the point? But anyway, so for people with the right mindset, this has been by far the greatest, the greatest opportunity. And mm-hmm. almost without exception in those two groups, which you, you, know, you asked about, Strategic Coach and Abundance 60, the overwhelming majority of the folks, including me, including me, by the way, but I'm thankful for that, by far had their best last 18 months profit-wise. Not, yeah. e- not even a close second. Yeah. Not even a close second. Yep. No, I hear that a lot as well. Um, and I actually just had something pop into my head here too, because you mentioned like the 0.01% or the 0.1% type thing. One, yeah. In reviewing the interview that I did with Brian Bogertz, which I'm publishing this weekend, at the very end of the interview, actually, he talks about their their vision, their mission to impact uh, a billion lives. And he went on to say, yeah, and he went on to say that, and I fully understand that 99.9999999% of people in the world probably will never actually part with a dollar for the wisdom and the information that we're going to be sharing. But that's okay, because the ripple effect of what we're doing here. And anyways, it's just an interesting kind of tie into these different perspectives. Yep. And at the same time, they're very similar in some ways. And I, I've actually never really talked in depth with Brian about like the offers that he has and how he ultimately does enroll people into paying for the services and the transformation that he can contribute. Neither have I. Well. I actually, isn't that interesting? Because um, I actually, right, I have no idea how he and his company makes profit. I literally haven't. But I think that's the thing is that... Um, a lot of most of the people I talk to, we very rarely talk about what do you do, um, uh, because people want to know who you are. To your early point, like it's just a magnet. Right. So yeah. people, so people, people at the highest level, they want my energy. They want the connectivity. They want to be in media. They want to be on podcasts like this. They they want that. So they'll just make they write the check, write the check, and it's not selling anything. It's being the buyer. I, I'm just the buyer. I haven't done outbound sales in years. I mean, I just haven't because people pay my firm, but I'm just the buyer of the people who get it because otherwise it's a waste of my time and a waste of theirs. So it's yeah. a lot of fun when you find those people. They're hard to find at first. 
They're very hard. Um, and what I found is though, once you find those people, it just keeps growing and growing and growing and growing. And there's no limit. There's no limit to those people once you find them. Yeah. And I think it speaks again to the power of podcast and voice and audio, right? It's just, you find them by putting that vibration into the world and naturally they come across you. Like they, they're naturally drawn to it. Radio frequency. Yeah. Spirit, whatever you want to call it. Hey, Justin, I've got one more set of questions for you here, which I call the power of one. So uh, by no means do you have to answer with one word. You can feel free to elaborate on any on these questions as much as you want. Um, okay. But they're all around the context of like uh, one focus, very clear. And um, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, so it's not the power of three. Knowing coming into this, I should have said, oh, the power of three with Justin. But no, it is the power of one. <laughs> So here we go. So the first question is, uh, who is one person or mentor that you feel has been the most influential in your life all time? So you can go right back to childhood. Okay. Why would you say that? Yeah. So, uh, okay. I'll try not to eight fact finder this, but I'm an eight fact finder. (laughs) So, um, you know, I say my father, uh, this is not a typical father son relationship. So my father was 61 when I was born. Uh, he'd be 105. He was alive now. Um, he died when I was 13 and my father was a world war II hero shot down uh, eight times in combat. Many times he was without a parachute, no excuses. You just get back in the plane, uh, was an attorney in the Nuremberg trials, uh, became the president of an insurance company came from nothing, no excuses. No. Okay. So, and then, uh, you know, I probably got eight good years, maybe age five to 13 when he died of, you know, remembering him. And so he would say the cream rises to the top, the cream rises to the top, the cream rises to the top. So I only partner with the cream that rises to the top or the people that will make the investment to rise to the top. Yeah. So that's my dad. Amazing. On that same note, who is one person mentor that you feel is the most influential in your life at this moment right now? Well, that's a really, that's, that's tougher to answer. I'd I'd probably say Dan Sullivan. He's the co-founder of strategic coach. Um, again, I think he's the top entrepreneurial coach who's ever lived. I don't say that lightly. I just think he is. I mean, he's coached more high level entrepreneurs than probably anyone else who's ever lived. So, um, and then I'm in his program, so I get to talk to him, you know, one or two or three times a month. So that's a great honor to be a strategic coach. Yeah. And I'll be sure to link up the, it's almost like a documentary style video that was done on Dan too. It's really well oh, done. Oh God. It's so good. Yeah. yeah Nick Nanton, who did that, he's a, he's a 10 quick start as is Dan. Uh, Nick has won, I don't know, 21 Emmys and he's, he did wow. the documentary on Dan. Yeah. While that actually happened. Right. Yeah. While is meaningless to me, unless it happens. And Nick is Nick and Dan, uh, are just wild that actually happens. Nick is doing a documentary on uh, um, uh, Dick Vitale right now. So he's interviewing oh, wow. all the time. Ta- yeah, it's incredible. And Nick yeah. is just like, he's an amazing guy. Um, but that that documentary by Dan is that and the one on um, Curtis Duffy. He's a chef in Chicago. Those are the two best documentaries I've ever seen. The one on Dan Sullivan and the one on Curtis Duffy. Yeah. Yeah, it's just really great storytelling and it weaves in, like it goes right back to his childhood as well, which is, again, it goes back to the who, like, who is this person, you know? Forget about the tactical aspects of how I can help you grow your business. It's just like, what is the character of this person? I think you really get that from that film as well. Agreed. Uh, next question for you, Justin. What is one philanthropic cause that means the most to you and why? Yeah, it's another good one. 
Um, and again, it's all collaboration at the highest level. There's no competition. So one of my partners is the Schuler uh, Education Foundation. So Jack Schuler, uh, he just joined the Forbes billionaire list. He's in his 80s. He's giving away all of his money, all of it. And it's through the Schuler Education Foundation. And his latest uh, initiative is 500 million, 500 million, half a billion U.S. dollars to help uh, undocumented, underserved, uh, Pell Grant uh, kids uh, go to schools like Harvard, Yale, Princeton for free. So he's been doing that the last 20 years. Right. And so I'm grateful. You know, my firm's grateful. I'm very grateful to, you know, share that story with the world. So that's a really big cause that, that I'm really honored to be a part of. Amazing. What is one thing you are most grateful for right now? Man, that's such a good question. Um, I'm going to extrapolate on that because so you'll understand. So every day, every single day, I, and I just passed the year anniversary of doing this, I do a grateful, a grateful journal to my wife. Mm. Um, that's the first thing I do every morning, what I'm grateful for, for her the previous day. And then every Monday through Friday, I do a grateful journal on LinkedIn. I've done that for several years. So, and I already actually include this in the, in the post. So, uh, my family, it's family. It's the, it's the answer, but I found if you're constantly grateful, it's really hard to be ungrateful. So I just constantly practice gratitude in all parts of my life. Cause when you do that, it's very hard to be ungrateful. Very hard. Yeah. I'll be sure to link that up as well, because that's another thing that really stands out in, you know, just, you know, you come across my feed and it's, and it's constantly gratefulness, gratefulness, gratefulness on a daily basis. Well, and, yeah. Monday through Friday, yeah. if you're constantly grateful, it's hard to be ungrateful. I mean, it's, it's really, it's, there you go. and, 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 uh, good patterns become good habits. So my whole life is how my brain works is good patterns that lead to good habits. That's all yeah. it is. There you go. So simple, but yet so powerful. Well, most people can't. I mean, again, they just make excuses. And I will. It's probably because of my Colby, too, because I have high follow through. I'll just do it. I will just do it. Yeah. I don't know if you heard that, but I just took a screenshot here so I can send it over to you if you want to be grateful for this. (laughs) Yeah, I will do that. For sure. I'll send it to you. Uh, Next question is, what is one thing you are most curious about? So wanting to explore more about So, um, you know, when I was a kid, uh, the teachers would describe me in one word and it would be curious. Uh, so, so, uh, as a journalist, I'd write two to three stories a day on deadline for 20 years. So endlessly curious. I, most of my days talking to people like you, so I'm endlessly curious. I'm fascinated by how brains like yours work. So, I mean, I, everything is the answer. The one word to that is everything. I'm endlessly curious about everything. Mm. Love it. Love it. Uh, last question. What is one thing that you know you need to meet with bravery right now? Maybe something that scares you a little bit. Oh, man. Such a good question. So here's my dog chewed it up, but man's search for meaning. So do you want to put the link to that? So man's <laughs> search do. for meaning. Um, for those who don't know, uh, Victor Frankl survived the Holocaust, and then he wrote about it. This book has sold 12 million copies, myself included thousands and thousands and thousands of people said this is the most important book they've ever read. I just finished it. Okay. Mm. So why am I telling you that? Okay. Because part of the book, cause I simplify everything and here is answers your question to be sure man's search for meaning may arouse inner tension rather than inner equilibrium. However, precisely such tension is an indispensable prerequisite of mental health. 
So all this fear and tension of, you know, being an entrepreneur or starting a second company, uh, being an entrepreneur is like jumping out of an airplane. You don't know if the parachute's going to open. That's how every day it's good. Every day feels like that every day. Okay. So, but that, I mean, again, this is one of probably the great, you know, one of the greatest books ever written that tension and inner equilibrium is essential for finding meaning. It's essential, not mm. good, not important, essential. You must have that. So every time I have this fear or tension or whatever that is, okay, that's essential. Mm -hmm. Essential for fighting meaning, central for building a company, central for getting to the next level. It, you have to have, you must have it, must. Love that answer. Justin, thank you so much for doing this. I just want to acknowledge you for um, who you are and how you show up every single day. Like I said, it's not by accident that we met <laughs> or that I see your stuff in my feed or the people that you've connected me to. And, you know, I, I hope that I can be that for you as well, a conduit to more abundance. And um, yeah, how can people find out more about you, connect with you, find out about your book, all the things that you got going on right now? Thank you. Um, appreciate that. Uh, Justin Breen on LinkedIn is great. The book is called Epic Business. Never mention the name of the company because that doesn't matter. But uh, the first <laughs> one's Brepic, and then that's a global PR firm. And then the other, the new one is Brepic Networks. So really excited about all the great things going on and it'll get better and better. Amazing. Awesome. Well, I will be sure to link all those up for everybody that's watching and listening to this. So Justin, thank you again so much. And we will talk to you again soon. Thank you, my friend. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Trevor Turnbull Show. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please consider subscribing on my YouTube channel and on your favorite podcast platform and leave me a review. I'd love to hear from you. Now, until next time, remember, today is a beautiful day of opportunity. Trust that you're exactly where you're supposed to be right now. So be grateful, be curious, and be brave. 